what's holding you back in your Ashtanga practice? Well, in your yoga practice. Um, but really, Ashtanga, because I've been practicing Ashtanga for the past five years, um, I had my ups and downs, as well as everybody does. <laughs> and so in this podcast episode, I want to talk to you a little bit about some of your answers um, and just reflect on them because I think it's just nice when you come to a community um, that your problems are considered <laughs> by other members of the community. Um, and with that saying, Ashtanga community, it's quite a big one, um, but also the Karuna community that I am building to support you on your practice or in your practice, um, as well as a student and as well as a teacher. Uh, meaning, yes, I'm a student and a teacher, but also to some of the students that I have and also some of the teachers that I'm training. So there will be more content coming up on this podcast as well as I wanted you to just get to know me a little bit more. I'm creating more content nowadays for YouTube, for Instagram, also building my community on Facebook. If you're not the part of it yet, please join us because I want to post some more viable content there that are, that are specifically um, answering some of my students' questions. You're always welcome to reach out there, um, even if you are not living in Hungary, because yes, I'm living in Hungary, um, and you're in another part of the world but you have a question or you have a problem or you just want to connect, then feel free to reach out in the Karuna community. I will link all the links down below so you can find me everywhere. And I wanted to um, further build this podcast so you also get to know me a little bit more through longer content um, so we can connect. Hello and welcome to the Karuna podcast. I'm your host, Veronica, and in this podcast you will find talks about yoga for students and teachers alike, spirituality, self-development, healing, wellness, manifestation, and other life-related interesting topics. Thank you so much for sharing your time with me and enjoy this episode. Okay, 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 so today's topic is what is holding you back in your Ashtanga practice. I've been practicing yoga for oh, the past 10 years and Ashtanga for nearly six now. <laughs> I keep saying five, but then I realize it's 2023 now, so yes. And um, I've had my fair share of ups and downs and everything that can come with it and still more to come. I still haven't had a child. So navigating through Ashtanga with a pregnancy, I think that's going to be a big fish. But there are other things that we are experiencing. And also I have gone through it. So I just wanted to share my insight, my support, and maybe give you a few tips on how to overcome these challenging times or challenging beliefs or, you know, just obstacles in the practice. So if you're new to Ashtanga, the practice kind of 
Well, quote-unquote requires you, and I'm quoting here because um, really that's the traditional way to practice, but it's not the only way to practice. I am very much of an advocate for modifying the practice um, for your needs and for your body, and so yes, I think you don't necessarily have to practice six times a week to call yourself an Ashtangi. Oh, shame on me. But I said it. <laughs> Anyways, so um, traditionally the practice uh, entails a six practice per week schedule. Um, when you don't practice, if you're a lady, you are on your uh, menstrual cycle or, well, not on the cycle, but menstruating or um, during moon days. Um, we'll dive deeper into these why nots uh, later on. I'm still searching some of, uh, some of the answers for these questions, but traditionally speaking, it's quite a vigorous practice. They often say that physically Ashtanga is the most challenging practice. Um, well, I don't know. I haven't done other practices. <laughs> um, I mean, the one that I did before, which was more gentle Hatha yoga, um, was definitely not as challenging as Ashtanga. Um, but, you know, there are so many other people out there having their own practice. And I can imagine somebody having an even more dynamic and hard practice. So you never know. But definitely Ashtanga is uh, physically um, and therefore mentally and emotionally challenging practice. It's a lot not only on the body, uh, but through that the nervous system and through that your emotions. There is a lot going on on many koshas. <laughs> and there's the, the whole part. Um, koshas are the layers of existence. So it's not just the physical aspect um, that it's working with in your body, but also the layers um, deeper, the deeper layers of, of your existence. So yes, it can be overwhelming sometimes, but not only the practice itself, but I think the mentality behind it. And that's what I would like to kind of uh, touch up, uh, touch upon today, because it's one thing to do the practice, but what you see externally, <laughs> that's the manifestation of the beliefs and the internal thoughts beneath the physical sheath. So when I asked the question, what's holding you back? It's really the, these topics that I want to pick apart a little bit. What's going on there mentally um, when we come to the practice or why we don't come to the practice and just go through some of the tips uh, and some of the ideas uh, that I had in mind, which hopefully helps you kind of roll the ball forward and overcome these quote-unquote excuses. Well, sometimes they are protective mechanisms and sometimes they are excuses and sometimes they are blockages uh, that are literally not helping us and not um, that are literally blocking us. <laughs> So the first answer uh, from a dear friend of mine was time management. Oh, Lord, yes, I can relate to this. And now uh, if you look into it or now you know that 
six times a week, I mean, that's a lot. And the practice, if you do the full practice, it's quite long. It's way over an hour, an hour and a half. For me, sometimes two hours with the breath and with everything. So you're like, how can I put an hour and a half or two hours aside six times a week? What? That's too much. I don't want to wake up four o'clock in the morning to do my practice. I mean, yes, summertime, I can wake up earlier, but wintertime. So, you know, there are also like um, different seasons and it's different to navigate through a summertime season than a wintertime season. But generically, generically speaking, excuse me, time management. Um, well, first of all, what I would like to just share is that Ashtanga can be a shorter practice. I mean, at the end of the day, you make the practice for yourself. So if you only have time, for a 15 or 20 minute practice or to do your sun salutations, then why not skip the rest? And here what I think or what I feel is that we can get too strict with ourselves. We are Ashtangis, we are super disciplined, right? So I need to, I must do the full practice in order to count this as a practice, right? That might be your inner belief, but um, actually, no. Uh, I think it's much more helpful if somebody practices um, with frequency, but not with the same intensity. Uh, at the end of the day, it's building up the habit of a regular practice. And now this could be six times a week. And this could be for some just to have that two times a week or maybe one time a week practice to establish a routine I mean they say it takes 90 days I think um, I don't know but definitely you need a couple of months until your system kind of recognizes it as an always thing <laughs> but trust me once you once you start with it later your body doesn't want to um, release it <laughs> your, your your body is just going to crave it I had the same question or kind of the same concern from my student um, who's, who's training to be a teacher at the moment with me. Um, and she's saying that it's difficult for her to practice at home. She feels that um, she's just distracted, that she knows that she, she would feel much better doing it and she wants to do a morning practice, um, but she just resists it on, an, on a, some level. And so she's somehow stopping herself and always looking for excuses and always, you know, just getting caught up in something else. And at the end of the day, she ends up not practicing. And I asked her, okay, so do you know how it feels to practice in the morning? To wake up, let's say, half an hour earlier and just to set some time aside for yourself to do the practice. Have you ever done it? And she said, mm, no. Oh, okay. So actually your body doesn't know how it would feel like to do this on a regular basis. Mm, no, but I think it would be the best for me. Um, that was the answer. And I'm like, Yes, but you don't actually know. Maybe it's the best for you, maybe it's not. Um, but you don't actually give yourself the opportunity to find out, is it? So what if 
I just talk to myself internally in the morning and sometimes I have to pep talk myself out of bed too. And I've been doing Ashtanga for six years now, we discussed. And sometimes I need to kind of convince myself, not convince myself, not like forcing myself towards the mat, but more like creating the opportunity internally as well for me to choose that I'm going to my mat. And so how that would look like in the morning I wake up, maybe I still have some sleep dust in my eyes and I would ask myself the question, hmm, do you want to do yoga? Do you want to go to the mat? Are you ready? And my body would sometimes say, no, I just want to stay in bed or I'm just sore. I don't want to move or, oh no, I'm still just like half dreaming And so I would spend a little more time with myself carrying forward with this conversation. I would ask myself, okay, but how would you feel if you just wake up and go to the mat? Maybe you don't have to do anything. Just get out of bed. And if it's so terrible and if you're really so, so, so tired as you think or feel like, just lay on your mat and do yoga nidra. (laughs) I always give myself the option to just opt out at the beginning and so okay I go there and I'm like how does it feel like to be on the mat Mm, well actually it's not that terrible (laughs) and so you know I would just keep going forward and forward and forward and once I'm on the mat let's just see how the first five sun salutations feel like Mm, actually I got energy in my body now well first I do my breath practices which already helps with the energy and cleaning the mind and just dusting that sleep dust off the the eyes And I would just go into the next one and the next one and the next one. I actually already have this as a habit, right? So I guess for me, in some sense, it's a bit easier because I know what comes. I know how it will feel like. Um, But if you never give yourself the option to go to your mat and just see how it would feel like practicing on a regular basis at a set time, you will never actually know how the experience would be like. And you will stop yourself before you allow yourself to actually enjoy it and to actually have the benefits after and get hooked on the benefits. I mean, let's face it. As humans, we are goal-oriented, right? It's not like I want to go to the gym or I want to do yoga and I want to have all that pain in the body of the effort, of the sweating, of the muscles being strengthened and, you know, use my energy and tire myself. It's not what we are looking for in the practice. I mean, that's part of it. But really what we are looking for is the result that we are getting from it. And so how I often think about it is I'm more result oriented. I know that maybe at this moment, I don't really feel like, or I don't really want to create time for my practice. So I kind of have that as a, an, as an excuse because I don't know how good it would be. But once you start diving deeper, and that's why, you know, looking into what's the benefits and why it's good and once you have your mind set on that goal it kind of pulls you through all these hardships of oh I don't feel like it or oh I just want to opt out or oh I just want to stay lazy 
because you're not looking at the hard side of it, you're looking at the bright side of it. So that's totally a mental, just a mental shift uh, that we we can use to kind of overcome the excuses. But um, I drifted a little bit from time management. Anyway, sorry. So uh, with time management first, I wanted to look into, because I also sometimes felt that I'm not really managing my time and my energies correctly. Um, and actually the, the, the goal orientation and looking at the benefit comes, benefits of, of this practice comes into the topic of time management as well. Because when I look at my day, and I look at, okay, what am I going to do? I mean, I'm quite a free person. I'm working for, for myself at the moment, but sometimes I also work for other people. <laughs> so I work project-based. And of course, my practice can suffer if I am working super, super long hours and overly exhausting. And when I say the practice suffers, it, it means that I am not practicing that frequently because I literally don't have the energy. But when I have the energy, so let's assume that your body is in a state where you can practice. And so when my body has the energy, I look into my day and I have some time there, but I definitely need to kind of carve it out of my day for myself right? I mean, for my practice, because I know it's good for me. I know that it's something that's important to me. So the first question is, how important it is for you to practice yoga, Ashtanga or any other yoga as well, but how important it is? And let's get honest about it. If it's so important, it's going to come further up on your list. If it's not so important, probably it's further down on the list. And so that really will determine whether you decide to set time aside for the practice or not. But let's say for the sake of this uh, scenario that yoga, practicing yoga is actually important to you because maybe you have had the experience how great it feels in the body after and how clear the mind is after and the long-term benefits as well. You're feeling on your health, on your overall well-being, being, <laughs> being, you feel that it's just good for you. And because you feel it's good for you, you decide it's something that's important for you because, of course, we like to feel good, right? Um, positive reinforcement. And so once that happened, happens, now you know that you actually want to set some time aside. Okay, so let's say that we've already established the need for the practice. I mean, of course, if there is no need, why would you then set time aside? Um, but let's say you have problem with time management still. So you have the need to practice yoga, you have the desire, you, your body is just craving it, yet somehow time is always not present. <gasps> and I think this is kind of a hack. <laughs> time is not present. Is that real or is that not real? Um, I mean, we are in charge of our time to a certain degree. Yes. To another degree, maybe we don't feel like it, but actually at the end of the day, we are the ones deciding what we want to dedicate our time to. <laughs> 
And it could be that you are super busy with work. It could be that you have so many things going on. But that's why I think setting an importance list and just looking at, okay, can I actually put time aside? And do I value myself as well? Um, Okay, I'm going to definitely just share this from my perspective because I've struggled with this in my past three decades. Um, when it came to time and energy, I called it energy management because that's how literally it feels. Uh, but it's essentially time management. I think, uh, you know, they say time is money, uh, money is time, but I think time is energy, your life force, your prana, you're dedicating your time to tasks in this earthly life. And so I often noticed on myself that I am giving my energy, I am giving my time to everyone and everything around me who asks me or what asks me to do so. But I haven't done that for myself. Not in regards to yoga, but in regards to other practices that I knew it would be beneficial for me to do. But yet I just went and served other people, which is amazing. Of course, we serve other people, but there has to be a boundary to your energy and how much you are giving. I was definitely an overgiver, a people pleaser. So I went um, and helped to people that are not even so close to me because I felt the urge to just please everyone around me. And thank God, one time my friend actually called me out um, and she was saying, oh, you're over-promising and you, you can actually not be there. And that really hurt my feelings at that time. But I realized I have to be more mindful because I'm not only sabotaging myself, but I'm also sabotaging other people. Now, I'm not saying you're doing this, but the tendency to be everywhere, there for everybody else, to the people we love. And I'm saying it's it's not easy to say no to the people that are important to us. But at the end of the day, we have to be important to ourselves as well. And that now is, excuse me, hashtag self-care. I know it's a totally over-chewed expression, um, but at the same time, for a reason. Um, I mean, we have to take care of ourselves. And if we know that a practice is good for us, or if we just feel like we want to actually have a hobby and be with ourselves and dedicate our time to something, then we have to say no to to some things that might be further down on the importance list and then bring yoga to the level where we can just say okay now this is important to me so I'm going to put some time aside and this is going to be hashtag me time I hate these things but I know it's it's a lot of um cliche right now um but it is, and it is what it is, and we cannot um, wait for other people to do that for us, because oftentimes when we are overgiving and we have fallen into the trap of serving people, they just get used to it. I mean, they do. They get used to receiving, they get used to that energy that they are getting from us, and guess what? we can easily get used to good things. 
So now when it comes to not receiving that, they will not be the ones saying, oh, no, no, please just go and take time for yourself. No, when they're in crisis or when they need help or when they want something, they will come to us because they know that they can get it from us. And if you're a high energy person, you feel like, yes, I can give to everybody. Yes, that's amazing. Um, But there is only so much time in the day. (laughs) So you are going to, uh, or your practice is going to suffer. Um, The other question that I had in regards to time management is maybe the belief. Um, What is your belief around time? I definitely had beliefs like I haven't got enough, I need to have more to practice. And this is where modification of the practice comes in. You can definitely cut it shorter. Um, So mixing the first um, observation that you can have a shorter practice together with with this question of belief around time. I need to have an hour and a half to practice. Not necessarily. If you have 30 minutes only, why not do a 30 minute practice? So, you know, mixing and matching these these understandings around time. And if you can set 15 minutes, I mean, honestly, let's just start with 15 minutes aside a day for your practice. Then I think that's much better because you're already kind of inserting a oh I don't know the word for this one <laughs> you're inserting you know this pyramid <laughs> that you put at the uh, at the door to stop the door to from closing you're inserting the very tip of the pyramid there and then with time you just push it in and in and in a little bit more and you have more time for yourself yes it it requires discipline but the whole ashtanga practice requires discipline so it's this is the aspect of the practice that's teaching you not only to bend your body in crazy ways but also to get disciplined in your life and it's not easy i completely can understand um but that's why starting in small uh just with baby steps is is much better than trying to chew the whole bone on your own when you don't even have the teeth yet to chew. (laughs) Let's say you're a puppy dog and it's just too much. Well, it's going to take way too long um, and maybe you don't have the the capacity to do so. So allow yourself to uh, shorten the practice, to modify the practice, uh, to ask your teacher how to do that um, and get some recommendations how a smaller practice would look like um, or literally just do what feels good and stick with with the Krama sequence that works for you and do a little practice for yourself. It's going to be hard at the beginning because maybe people call you, maybe your work uh, is still there and you have to draw lines. Uh, But I think it's super important. For me, 2021 was about boundaries. Uh, 2021 everywhere I was I just realized I had no boundaries with my family, with my friends. 
I had no boundaries with myself, uh, where I put my energy, where I put my attention. And when I was drawing those boundaries, it felt painful. And I was afraid that I will just cut certain things out of my life. Um, and it's scary. Sometimes I had to cut people out of my life and it was painful. Um, I dearly loved them or would have liked to love them and, and give them more of my energy. But, you know, sometimes you just need to protect yourself. And sometimes you need to do things that are charging you and that are about you. And for me, that's exactly my yoga practice. My yoga practice is a place where I can be with myself, my feelings, my thoughts. I can work on my mental mentality, shift myself from one place to another, learn from myself and just be with the breath. It's different for all of us. Um, but it's a self-practice, right? Ashtanga um, practice when you do at home. Um, actually, going to the studio can help, but again, that might require a longer time uh, because you're not going to go to a studio for 15 minutes. You then probably will take the full class. Uh, but I'm talking about practicing at home, right? So, yes, all these questions to look at, um, valuing the practice, how important it is for you. Um, can you actually draw some lines for other people or for other things and activities to kind of uh, come into your life? And can you just like carve some time out for yourself can that be maybe shorter um, to begin with and then just start on the habit and start on introducing the pattern to yourself when you regularly show up on your mat and have no push and expectation towards that six days a week have that just maybe once a week or twice a week or something like that whatever serves you and however much time you have a little bit is still going to take you further in a long run than nothing <sighs> so yes those were my thoughts on time management and then one of you said fear of injury and self-doubt Oh, I can completely relate to that. <laughs> Actually, I'm just in, um, I have just passed a period of my life when I was stuck in my practice. I have now, uh, am practicing the second, the intermediate series, which comes after the primary with a lot of backbends. And I had an injury this time last year. Um, I pulled my back around the sacrum. And because there are a lot of deep backbends in the second series and um, leg behind the head pose, it got triggered. And oh my God, immediately I panicked. No, the pain is going to come back. It took me months to kind of overcome it. I still felt it there a little bit over the summer, but it wasn't that bad. Um, and now it's winter and I'm like, is this going to be a terrible flare up again? What am I doing wrong? Etc. Etc. And then I realized the reality is, is that I don't want to do it alone. 
because I have so many questions when when it comes to bending my body different ways. And I read a book about the second series. I even went to an online workshop and, you know, all these things. And so in theory, of course, I understood how to do the poses. I've learned as much as I could online and from from books, but really when it came to specifically looking at my body with the injuries, with the different, uh, I mean, of course, your body is a different shape than your teacher's, I realized that I need to gain more knowledge and experience how to make the practice suitable for me. Or if I need to add something into my yoga practice to to manage the injury um, and to work around it and allow my body to fully heal. And maybe I need to do something differently to not to re-injure myself which let's face, that's the reality I was doing. I was probably doing a pattern with the leg behind the head sequence um, or something that's just not serving me. Um, later on, I found out it's really, I'm seated too much and my psoas muscle got so short. I mean, considering how it was before uh, that I felt the pull on my back and just adding a psoas stretch into my daily practice. I mean, some extra time set aside to work with my sauce is just made the pain go away and my back bends feel amazing now and my leg behind the head is okay. Um, it took me some time, it took me some exploration and it also took me a consultation with my new teacher. Um, so if you don't know, I lived in England, I moved back to Hungary during COVID and I lost my teacher Um and I really was looking for, I mean, he's only teaching the primary series anyways. And I really wanted to find somebody who's doing the second series. And so I went to a studio here. I didn't have that good of an experience. I also asked around. My students didn't really recommend, recommend me other studios. And I felt completely lost and alone and in doubt that I can overcome my body's limitations Yet, you know, I look at all the people who are doing these crazy poses with their bodies. And for me, this is a lot of fun. Asanas are a lot of fun. Of course, yoga is more than just the asanas. But right now we are talking about working with our bodies, right? Um, so the postural aspect of Ashtanga Yoga. And I was like, oh, it's crazy. Uh, if people can do all these amazing movements with their bodies, I'm pretty sure at one point they had an injury or they had some flare up or, or they had something along the way that they had to overcome. So it's not impossible. And if it's not impossible for so many people, it must not be impossible for me too. And another mental, this is again a mental aspect. Um, I was closed in. I was very much being attached to having that one teacher. I had, I needed time to actually detach myself from my old teacher and just be open to find a new one here locally whom I can visit in person. Then I had a bad experience and then I just banked the whole experience as no, it's not possible. It's just, no, like, 
no, there are no teachers around me who are going to be able to serve me and my needs. I also deep down wanted to have a female teacher and I had male teachers so far and I was like, no, I want to, I want to learn from a woman because women bodies, women's bodies are different. The practice is different. And yes, I look at a lot of uh, how-to YouTube videos from guys with jump packs and, and this and that, but we have a different anatomy. And I'm like, I want to learn from a female. So I kind of narrowed it down so much that I was like, oh, it must not exist around me. Uh, even the teachers that I looked at, I received feedback from other people that, you know, it's just very old fashioned, traditional way. And I'm like, but I don't want to do that. I want to stay open. I want to stay playful in my practice. I am more of that Ashtangi who's, who's, who's gravitating towards Manju Joyce and his way of teaching and his way of, um, mentality on, on, on how the practice is like, <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, it took me some time, but essentially my teacher just appeared <laughs> and at the perfect time, because I was struggling with the back pain. I was struggling with many questions. Am I doing these things right in my body? And am I allowed to stay playful? And you know, all these things. And so my teacher appeared and I'm so glad that I decided to overcome this. This uh, this is totally a personality issue that I had, that I have inherited, so to say. No, not, no blame on my family. Um, but definitely that was a pattern that we do things alone and we don't need to ask for help. And then I was like, no, actually, I need help. I need to understand this sequence more. I need to have guidance. I need to have somebody uh, guiding my space, uh, my my body in the space, as well as uh, guiding my practice towards towards a shape that's suitable for me. Um, maybe even drawing me some lines and saying, okay, maybe this is too much or for now, and let's just work on some other things. So definitely I, I needed guidance, but there was a mental, um, block in me from the experiences, as well as this limiting belief that no, you don't need help. You can do things on your own. And let me tell you, for me, 2023, 2021, boundaries, 2022, learning manifestation, 2023, learning to ask for help and collaborate with other people and trusting um, people who have experience and knowledge and and just opening up um, is definitely, you know, I, I was so closed in, um, in the cage of my limiting beliefs so to say and so yeah um definitely I went to just one practice so far I've also signed up to a teacher training program to deepen my practice with the Ashtanga second series I'm so excited about this because it's going to take us through 
all the poses, all the modifications, as well as hands-on adjustments, and I can teach the practice, which right now is not my main goal. My main goal is to teach myself the practice, so become my own teacher in it, and also it's going to be a four-day retreat at the end, so I'm, I'm super excited about it. Um, but yes, many other things in my life as well, where I realized I need some external, uh, support in order for me to feel safe, to walk down on, on that avenue and, and deepen my understanding, not only in yoga, but also in life, in emotions, in energetics, in, in health, uh, in well-being, in shifting my mental patterns, in, in overcoming my my subconscious misbeliefs and overwriting uh, those misbeliefs towards towards beliefs that are actually now serving me um, and I immediately felt the energetic shift in my body even with other other practices like family constellation or going to a holistic gynecologist and you know just investing in my health investing and 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 um, investing in a coaching program, investing in um, a business program, investing now in a teacher training. And then I really cannot wait to invest in another teacher training around yoga nidra. So I understand better on, on where I want to go. And that gives me the freedom, freedom, the feeling of safety. Um, when you have a teacher I mean, I'm not saying that with a teacher you cannot get injuries, but your teacher probably is more uh, experienced in the practice or finding somebody, yes, who's more experienced in the practice and can support you along the way. It really is going to help you just put that fear aside because then you're entering a space where you can trust the guidance where you feel your health and I think uh, YouTube videos to practice with is amazing or are amazing um, but that's really just the very beginning of of your yoga journey I think having a community a supporting community is amazing um, having a teacher whom you trust and who can assist you in the practice not just the physical but also you know, supporting you when feelings are up, com coming up from the body, from the deep tissues, or when you have mental shifts, or when you realize you require mental shifts, and just support you in in this journey, or on this journey, excuse me. Um, it's, it's really a transformative experience. So if you're having problems, self-doubts, or fear, fear of injuries, I think finding a community or a teacher um, who, can, who can support you is, is just going to help you roll the ball forward. Okay, guys, so those are my tips uh, for these kind of blockages in your practice. I really hope that, if not all of them, but some of them spoke to you and help you to just move these things out of the way that are stopping you from the practice. I think essentially it's a lot of deep work when, when we come to yoga, um, especially Ashtanga, but any other yoga type as well 
it is essentially changing the mind. And I'm really super excited about this aspect and talk more about these things because I think there are so many um, accounts, so many podcasts, so many everything out there who uh, or what are teaching you the asanas, what are teaching you maybe a little bit on the surface as well on on yes, the mental shift and yes, to remove the obstacles and yes, to burn the tapas, the impurities away. But what are these impurities exactly? I mean, you know, in general, I heard and I was listening to podcasts when when people were talking about, yes, the mental shifts, yes, the opening the mind, yes, the clearing the mind. But what does that mean exactly? Um, so I'm just exploring this space and hoping that when it comes to beliefs or limiting thoughts, we can talk more specific about what's rising up in the mind when we are practicing. And it's going to be totally personal. I mean, it's going to be individual for every single one of us. Um, like for me, uh, the people pleasing and the bedtime management or bed energy management because of it and the overgiving, um, over serving as well as I find limiting beliefs. Like before I would do something, I'm already marking it. It's not going to happen. I cannot do it. My butt is too heavy to lift and so on and so on. Uh, but these are just our internal dialogues. These are the uh, chittas, <laughs> the little monkey chit chats in our minds. And I think when it comes to yoga, these are exactly the ones that we are working with. Uh, removing these and replacing them with voices <laughs> that are giving us more confidence, more growth, more peace, more openness, uh, more groundedness, not just in the physical practice, but also in our daily life. And that is such a powerful shift that is the power of yoga that that can happen to you if you are seeking to to learn lessons on this level even if not sooner or later you will stumble upon i'm pretty sure uh sooner or later it's not just going to be the physical practice it's all this um mental dialogue and and discussions they will they will come up so when that happens, I'm here for you. I cannot wait to hear about your experience. Uh, if you have any more of these obstacles coming up, feel free to share. Join the community. Let's support each other um, in anything during the practice. It could be some uh, physical uh, sensations. It could be some asana-related topic, but it can also be um, some of these discussions coming up, how to manage life with Ashtanga Yoga in it. I cannot wait to hear from you. Thank you so much for sharing your time with me. Thank you so much for being here. Make sure that you are following me on Instagram and YouTube and come and join the Facebook community, the Karuna community. I cannot wait to meet you, to have you there, to hear from you, to connect and to support each other in this practice 
on this journey. Again, thank you so much and I will see you very soon. Om Shanti Namaste.